Did you survive in uh, week nine? Uh, of course I survived, but... Alan. Okay. What are you talking about? Well, we didn't do a last. We, we skipped a uh, podcast on week nine. And by the way, uh, surprisingly, and I guess I should say surprisingly, that we I had at least 11, 12, 13 people say, hey, what time is the podcast going up on Friday? Because Thursday came and went. And, and, you know, I forget. I think that, like, sometimes I'm talking to you. Yeah, I post it on YouTube. And, you know, we get our thousand viewers, whatever it is. And then the podcast feed on yours, we get a few thousand more. But I, I forget there's people, you know, when I was invested in listening to you, that I want to know what, if you skip a week, I get pissed. Yeah, I went, uh, I went on vacation. You know, Sasha had a school break in Portugal. It's weird. They have a shorter summer, but they have, like, breaks all the time during the year. Um, and you know, the, uh, the kid's storage was not available for Sasha <laughs> for that 10 day period. And so we went to, uh, Northern central Spain, the Asturias, a place I had never heard of until a couple of months ago. It's great. I did a 14 mile hike, incredible, uh, mountains and gorges and rivers. It was, it was really nice, but yeah, I wasn't really, uh, up for bringing my podcast equipment along. Yeah. See, you've gone soft in your own age and that's not code for anything. No, it's not code for anything, and it's also not true. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but the point is that uh, no, we just you know we 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 weren't there, and and you know, but I'm still alive, right? Like if if I die, you know, in real life, obviously yeah. if I die, I won't do the thing anymore. Yeah. But even in Survivor, if I die, I think I'll stop. I'm not going to do oh hypothetically, you know, for RotoWire, I had to go through week 17, right? Because there's that random person who might need it. But you know, uh, my current boss is just doesn't give a fuck. You know, he's just. <laughs> He says, do whatever you want, you know, and if you're dead, don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, we were kind of making the innuendo about being soft. Have you ever tried the medication that enhances, you know, things like the Viagra's? No. Never even no. tried it? Never tried it. Never tried yeah. it. No. Apparently, it's good for your heart. It's good. It actually has, like, positive side effects. Well, that was the original intention of the medication, yeah. and it was yeah. like, all of a sudden, these people were getting boners, you know, yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, I did try it once, maybe about a decade or more ago, and I was, I had blue streaks like it almost was like i was on an acid trip a little bit so i i was like this is not for me yeah no i never i never tried it you know never really needed it um i always thought palmero you know whether he said he wasn't on steroids then he was doing those uh viagra commercials i was like this is probative <laughs> he's cheating in the bedroom he's cheating and now and he was in his 30s you know when you're in your 30s you shouldn't be doing it you know unless you have some sort of medical problem i mean yeah i guess if you know i'm 52 so you might think oh you know this guy's too old well, you know, maybe if I'm 75 or something, you know, uh, but well, it has to do with circulation. So if you have yeah. exercise, and you have good circulation, good yeah. diet, you probably won't have that problem. Yeah, no. All right. So who did you take in your most important? But thanks rest? for asking. I, I didn't prepare for this segment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no problem. I was genuinely yeah. interested. You know, yeah. I only see yeah. you from the waist up, so I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Proof of work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So week nine survivor uh, in your most important pool. Who did you take to, to get by? The Saints. I took them in all three pools that are left. Um, I used the Browns, so I didn't have a choice. I did say in my column, because realmansports.com, I still wrote the column, that I was going Saints because uh, it could be Deshaun Watson um, going for – I mean, it might not be Deshaun Watson going for the Browns, and it might be Kyler Murray going for the Cardinals. But I said if it's Clayton Toon, I might change over to the, the Browns. But then I realized I didn't have them anyway, so it didn't matter for me. Um, Browns won easily. The Saints had a tiny bit of a sweat, but um, they were both rock solid picks. In uh, the NFFC, you know, our high stakes redraft league, somebody had dropped 
Deshaun Watson during his, you know, his, he was being out. I picked him up right. and I had him last week. Uh, you were just talking about the Browns. That's why I thought about it. Yeah. I, I have too many leagues, man. I forgot to put him in. I ended up with uh, Gino five points, Deshaun Watson, 25 points. So yeah. 20 points would have won me my matchup and put me in first place in my league. Instead, uh, I'm in second, you know, which is fine. Okay. I would just Let's, commit suicide if I did uh, that. I would just, I mean, I wouldn't even be doing this podcast. I know. Dis, uh, Defenestrate. I just defenestrate. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tolerate a mistake. You know, I mean, we always talk about accountability and politics and, you know, why isn't this person going to prison for what they're doing? And, and yet you have no accountability, Alan, you know, you make well, a mistake I do. like it's that. Gonna, it's going to cost me money. No, but you're not punishing yourself in addition to that to ensure it never happens again. Well, that is, again, this is the prop. So I, I'm in probably 46 leagues when you count redraft and dynasty and most of them are lineup setting and every week there's like one or two big mistakes. Uh, I try not to make it the NFFC this is the mistake but you know I picked up Noah Brown who you know went off for 20 points or whatever it was and and it, I actually picked him up but forgot to put him in a lineup where I start four receivers and I had Tyler Ir uh, Irwin in there I all those type of things so um I would never do that many leagues I mean I, I make mistakes just in the few that I have and I would just not be able to yeah no you're right it's, it would be, yeah it would be it's torture. horrible so again just very briefly is what I'm doing is I'm trying to convert a lot of those lineup setting dynasty leagues to best ball dynasty right, right. which you know uh all right so this I week, like best ball real life like you wake up when you're like 20 and you set yourself on autopilot and you don't ever have a single independent critical thought the rest of the way. And then, you know, however it goes, it goes. Right. And if, you know, if, if you don't have enough tight ends or have enough, you know, financial, you, hey. just, you just die. You just yeah, last yeah, place. Just defend a straight. Yeah. It's yeah. no big deal. Yeah. yeah. Hey, did you catch any of the, uh, and I want to get into survivor, but I'm just, it's a yes or no. Did you catch any of the clips of the Republican debate list? Uh, I caught a couple of clips yeah, of Vivek. Yeah. Uh, he's good. He's good. Vivisecting those, uh, Nutless monkeys who were yeah. both both uh, in the media and uh -huh. then also on the stage with him. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, he's not going to win, so he doesn't care. He's just say anything he wants. You well, know, some people are calling this the vice presidential debate. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps it is. Well, if, if it's an audition, right? I mean, that's right. really what it is. Yeah, perhaps it is. I mean, that guy's got his own like double dealing uh, sketchy past, too. I don't really trust him, no. but he definitely says some base stuff, which I, I appreciate hearing. Yeah, he's calling. He's even calling out Lester Holt, saying you shouldn't be hosting the debate. Oh, yeah. You guys had the whole uh, RussiaGate fraud and the laptop <laughs> fraud. It's like, what are you guys even? And he said Joe Rogan and, and Elon Musk. I mean, of course, they should be doing it, and yeah. he's right about that. But that guy's a little. Um, that guy's not like uh, I, I forget what he had done, like in the he, like pandemic profiteered or something like that. Also, yeah, so. I mean, you know, you have to be a little bit of a sicko to be running for high office, yeah, right? You can't yeah, be prob probably. You know? All right, yeah. Survivor Week Ten. Um, let's go over your article, which can be found on realmansports.com. Uh, top four options and the percentage owned of each of those, according to officepools.com. Yeah, I didn't pull it up, but Dallas is like 50 is like 47, 48% owned. And they are obviously a massive favorite at home against the giants with Danny DeVito playing quarterback for them. And then you got Dan the, uh, Danny just, <laughs> may as well be, it may as well, he'd have an equal <laughs> chance. I should do, I, in Twitter, I used to do polls when Tom Savage suffered a concussion. I did a, a poll that said, would you rather have a concussed Savage with a capital S or a concussed Savage with a lowercase S as your QB? Lowercase. And of course the lowercase one, yeah. the poll, but you know, it's the same thing. Would you rather have Tommy DeVito or Danny DeVito uh, as your QB? And present well, day Danny DeVito has got to be like 70 something. I'll tell you, I'd rather have Tommy DeVito, the character from Goodfellas. 
Because oh, that was sure. Tom, yeah. that was. You remember? I mean, he was a crazy. Which, which, which who was that? He was. Uh, was are you a clown? Or do I amuse you? Oh, Joe, Joe Pesci. Pesci. Yeah, oh, his yeah. name was Tommy DeVito. Yeah. yeah, he's about the same height as uh, Danny DeVito, by the way. Yeah, uh, but he's and, just a better actor. And so, he once I was going to say, and you know, his real that character was based on a real life um, mafia hitman named Tommy D. Simone. That guy was, you know, the real deal. Yeah. No, yeah. I, right. I can imagine. So, um, but anyway, back to reality here. Yeah. Uh, so the Cowboys are, you know, prohibitive, huge favorite because, you know, they're like minus 900, you know, whatever, or minus 1,000 when you average the money lines. And the other ones are like minus 350. So you're talking about a 91% chance per, per the market versus like a 78% chance. And so I asked the question, I said, well, Dallas is slam dunk. What percentage would have to be on Dallas to fade and switch to Buffalo? who's only 6% owned. I did the math in the column and it comes out to about 56, 57%. And so if you think that, you know, six out of 10 people will be on Dallas, you could take Buffalo. Now, realistically, most people have used Dallas and Buffalo because those are common teams. So, um, so the next pivot is the Bengals. And then after that's the Seahawks. And I think I'm going to use the Seahawks. I, I, the Texans scare me a little bit um, that, you know, CJ Stroud, I think is a real thing. And Texans defense isn't terrible. And then, uh, and and I just kind of like, I mean, I, I do like fading them after that dramatic win, but I, Texans scare me a little more than uh, Seattle's playing somebody not very good. Um, who are they playing? They're playing Washington. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of like Seattle this week, plus everybody's used Seattle and they've not used Dallas in my pool. So I'm going to basically be getting Seattle with six Dallas and the pot eyes actually say that's good. Um, even though, I mean, the chance of the Giants being Dallas is extremely slim. It says 9%, but I'd say it's more like, Five or six percent. Yeah, I mean it's the NFL. I mean, if you if you really thought that, well, I was going to use your own words against you and say if you really thought that, why don't you put uh, you know mortgage your house and put everything? But you're saying five percent. You're not saying zero percent. Like right. Uh, you know, right. Well, the market says nine percent, right? So, but you know, if you're going to bet Dallas, you'd probably only get seven eight percent because they would get you know the rake. But the the true odds, not true odds, but the average of the two money lines, we take out the rake, is about nine percent chance to lose for Dallas. It's twenty two twenty three for. Buffalo is a little higher for Seattle and, and, and Cincy. Um, and if Dallas were, you know, up to about 60% owned, then you could say, okay, that's enough pot odds for me to make the jump. Um, if they're under 50%, uh, then I would take Dallas. And I might take Dallas all the way up to 60 if I had them. I just don't have them. Right. I mean, it's sometimes you just take the, the quote free square, right? I mean, well, I mean, if, if, if it's a hundred people and 99 were on Dallas, I would take anybody besides them, but you know, it's, it's not going to be that high just because people have used Dallas. So, okay. All right. That's that. So as of right now, who are you taking if you don't have Dallas? Probably Seattle, but I'll make that final decision. And let's you. say you don't have Seattle. One more. Uh, well, then I'd probably take Cincy or Buffalo. Uh, you know, one of those okay. two. Probably right. Buffalo, Cincy. I just don't trust the Bills. They, they're, no. they're a bit sketchy. They almost lost to the Giants themselves at home. Yeah. I was looking at some uh, NFL futures. I think this is the time you're talking about not trusting the bills. I, I, Josh Allen MVP is up to 22 or 25 to one at this point. So I do like uh, that a little bit on that shit. My bookie, it's 18 to one. I just looked at it. I mean, well, there you go. That's it's just such a, it's that's play. By the way, I don't know if I told you this, but I won 440 bucks from them because I'm in that super con that fake super contest. And I guess I went 15, four and one over the last four weeks. And there's a week five to eight quarterly prize. Mm. And I, and I double up my entry. So I won two $220 prizes. Uh, and then I went four and one again last week. And I would have been five and zero oh if that nutless monkey kicker on the saints had just made that field goal. I would have been heard, five and zero. Oh. So I've I'm heard a lot of it. super contests, um, 
players, uh, you know, Nick Whalen, who's in the super contest for Rotowire, he said the same thing. He said, the Saints kicker, you know, like, <laughs> so I guess he that really field goal. Also, it was third and two. They, they had like a minute and a half left. It was third and two. Bears were out of timeouts. And if they get stuffed on that third and two, they get another field goal attempt to yeah. go up 10. They made the first down and it was over. But whatever, there's been worse beats than that. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on Survivor before we move over to uh, Week 10 Fantasy? Not really, you know. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, strategy, I my, look ahead, anything well, like that? No, look ahead. And, and, oh, here's the thought that I had is I didn't realize everyone had Dallas left initially when I wrote this, but it still applies, is that that week that I took the Browns, right? I took the Browns when everyone had the Seahawks. The Seahawks were the obvious play. I took the Browns. Remember that week was the Bills? We lost on the Bills that week. Everyone else, we faded the Seahawks. They were, like, really highly owned. They won easily, the Seahawks. I had the Browns. I lost five years off my life in that Browns-Colts game. But because I made it through without using Seattle, now everybody used Seattle that week except me. So now, even though they're going to all be on Dallas, I'm the only one on Seattle this week. And, and, it, and it just shows not only when you do a pot odds play, do you get the possibility of winning your pool or depleting your pool greatly that week, but you get out of phase with the rest of your pool, which is so valuable. Right. Every week, they've got these teams available, but I've got these. And so like they're all in the, you know, iceberg that's going to drop. I'm getting pot. Once you get the pot odds once, it tends to, you know, reverberate later in the, you know, even if regardless of what the real odds are, you're always going to have teams available, but they don't, and they're going to have teams that you don't. And what's funny is even if you think, okay, seven person pool, they all have Dallas left. They're all going to use Dallas. They know that I've used Dallas. So they know I'm going to be on another team. So now the game theory is they can't really get off of Dallas because the payout's not good enough. It's only good enough if everybody else is on Dallas. So it's almost like it's a game of chicken and we're, you know, we're going toward each other and, you know, the game of chicken is you want the other person to swerve. They lose. If you mm -hmm. swerve, you lose. And obviously, if you both swerve, you both don't win. And if you both crash, you die. Well, the way to win a game of chicken is you take the steering wheel, you rip it out, you show them, look, I can't swerve, right? So you either die and kill me or, or you lose and you're going to always swerve. Well, that's me. I can't take Dallas. So I'm fading Dallas. You, I can't swerve. But you all have Dallas. And now you know if you try to be the one who fades, there's going to be someone else fading too. And the payout's not worth it. Right. So now I own the soul fade. And so, you know, I can't emphasize it enough. As soon as you're out of phase with the rest of your pool, you have an advantage. Yeah, no. So that that is where I think um, it's an interesting point, because if you adopt this pot odd strategy uh, where I've made the mistake is I've, I've gotten away with it once. So I'm out of phase with my pool and then I do it again unnecessarily. So I think that's a new part of your your uh your survivor strategy which you haven't really emphasized over the years all the years you're doing this is you only need to get out of phase once and then you don't want to get out of phase again because you're taking unnecessary risk well, yeah get out of phase as many times as you want as long as the payout uh is commensurate with the risk but if it's not you don't need to go further you're already out of phase that fading of seattle um and meaning i didn't have cleveland last week so i took um the saints right so that's a little bit different and then this week I've got Seattle uh, and they don't. So uh, unfortunately they all have Dallas. So that's, you know, that's a better pick, but you know, but at least it'll be me against all six of them, you know? So it's basically a fair fight because they've got a way better chance to win, but if I win and they lose, it's over. So that's the, that's the advantage. All right. You're here with Chris Liss of realmansports.com. You can find all of his fantasy content over at realmansports.com. Also the Chris Liss podcast, uh, highly recommend you subscribe to that. It is a, you know, all things social uh, consciousness, um, 
politics, uh, just his thoughts. Definitely appointment viewing Chris List, the Chris List podcast. Search for that on Spotify or Apple because it doesn't come in on any other of my damn feeds. I don't know how you, when you can fix that. Yeah, I should. I switched it over, you know, from Real Man Wood to Chris List podcast, and I switched it over on those two. But and you broke it. Tell, tell me which one you need me to do, and I'll I'll go and well, fix it. The one I use is called Podcast Republic. But listen, I, I'm not going to drive you crazy. No, I just I'll, I'll do it. It's, it's easy. I just listen to it on Spotify. It's it's okay. fine. It's fine. Right. Do you uh do you have Spotify Premium? Do you pay for them? I do only because yeah. I got such an MP3 player, and it only worked. If you it's good. got I like Spotify it. and gave her stuff, but now I, I regret it because she Why? listens to all this garbage music, you know. And first of all, it's in my thing now, so it's associated with me, yeah. which is just embarrassing personally. Because well, there's a like family public. plan. You can do the family plan, mm-hmm. so it's separate. It's I don't only- want to pay extra. She can whatever. She can pollute it. Yeah. But I also just don't like that music getting in her head. You know, all this stuff that's inappropriate. For oh, a kid yeah. and all this, like, you well, know. that's and why it's I, also like the music is so pathetic now. It's all about, you know, oh, you sound like okay. old man, you sound no, like no, my man, my music's better than yours. That's no, my no, 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 it's not only better, right? I mean, Robert Plant, let's be honest, Robert Plant, every song by Led Zeppelin is about him getting cucked, every yeah. song is yeah. about, you know, some guy, you know, open my front door, hear my back door slam, you know, like this. Every single thing is his woman cheating on him and not being satisfied with him. So, okay, fair enough. But these songs, it's so pathetic. Like they're they're just like pathetic whines for your the person you're into to be into you that you're being rejected. Like that's every song. And it's like, that is not the right, you know, I don't care about messaging. I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to tell her to go listen to like Christian rock or something. But what I'm saying is like, just have a song with some balls. Like th- th- this music is like the most pathetic music of losers that she listens to. And whatever, I'm trying to, you know, be a good parent. I'm not trying to like go to war. I mean, I can't stop her from listening to it, but try to encourage her to listen to some, you know, some real music. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, I, I kind of alluded to it, but you have to, when you're into the, when you start saying your, my music is better than yours, that's a line of like, get off my lawn a little bit. Now I'm not saying that the pop music is not bubblegummy sort of, but wasn't pop music like when, you know, in the nineties, the NSYNC stuff. I mean, that didn't really have any balls either, but I love it. Oh, I don't love it at all. That's horrible. I appreciate I, 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 it. I, I, appreciate I, I don't appreciate it at all. I don't appreciate yeah. any of that shit. So I'm, I'm old school. Get off my lawn. You know, even when yeah. I was young, I was get off my lawn. I mean, you know, Led Zeppelin was pop music in the seventies, right? But I mean, it was good, and some of the eighties stuff held up too. You know, but like I love eighties, but but that you know, once it started getting into those like corporate bands, like the new kids on the block and sing like these things that were like put together by like produce. They were like, let's find like a boy band that's gonna like be a hit. You know that that. You know, right. I'm sure that was going on since the beginning of time. But point is just that that I think a lot of the pop music is just total shit. And yeah. and you know, and it is, you know, and there are objective <laughs> truths, you know, like it's like like do you want to make a bet that in like three centuries, like Beethoven is is gonna get more listens than Britney Spears? Yes, right? And and why? Well, it's just a matter of taste. Maybe you like Britney Spears better than Beethoven, or maybe you don't like classical music, or maybe you know, you don't like Radiohead or the Rolling Stones or the Beatles, you know, maybe you just like Britney Spears. It's just a matter of personal taste. Do you want to bet in 300 years, like which music's going to be listened to and which one's going to go into the dustbin of history? You know, I'll take that bet. And and why, why would you not make that bet? Cause you know, there are just some like truths about art. It's not like you can point to it and say, this is why exactly, but you just know that some stuff is good and some stuff is garbage. Yeah. The, the final, the, the, the way I'll just put a cap on that is, of course, like you can you can transfer the same thing over to cinema. Of course, Godfather is going to be viewed in 100 years as the classic yeah. movie. But just because I, you liked Hot Dog better than Godfather, Alan, doesn't mean remember Hot Dog, <laughs> hot dog was a good movie. I, but, uh, I saw Hamburger, the movie, which is amazing, no, by the way. Oh, hot, Hamburger, no, hot Dog was that ski movie. Was that yeah, ski? Yeah. Like and those, ski like, pat- sweet, 
So there you go. Yeah. Ski Patrol, horrible yeah. movie, but like yeah. fun to watch. And, you know, anyway, so um, I, I try to stay open. When I was uh, teaching uh, in a middle school over the last five years, or I guess it's longer now, but the uh, I, I try to stay open to the new music because I, I, I want to know. I don't want to become like Led Zeppelin back in my day. You know, I don't want to do that. Well, I don't, I don't even listen to Zeppelin really anymore because I play them to death, you know, so I don't really, I mean, I'll yeah. listen if it comes on the radio. But I'm just saying that was pop music in the 70s and it's fair enough. It holds up better than the garbage in the 90s, I think. People tune in for some fantasy football. I'm ready to talk fantasy football with you. I, I think um, Bijan Robinson is where I want to start this conversation here. Uh, it, it, it seems that it's Arthur Smith, the coach of the Atlanta Falcons, versus the fantasy community, right? It's it's kind of becoming this contentious relationship where, but at first I'm like, come on, just the guy's winning, leave him alone. He's not, you know, he never used Drake London. He never used uh, Kyle Pitts the right way. Jonu Smith is getting all the stats I thought Kyle Pitts was going to get, but now it's spilled over into Bijan Robinson. They took a running back in the first round. What do you see uh, for the rest of the season? And if, I mean, untangle the whole Bijan Arthur Smith thing. It's like it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye, right? And now the eye that's being lost is Bijan Robinson owners, you know, being like, I drafted this guy in the first round, including me. Um, you know, I, I'm of two minds on this. Like, on, on one hand, I'm like, you know, Arthur Smith um, is a professional coach, and he actually was quite successful as an offensive coordinator in Tennessee. I had this sort of a joking back and forth with Scott Barrett on Twitter where, you know, he was saying, uh, you know, like he, he got Ryan Tannehill to be like, you know, after he was like the worst QB in the league to be like 9.6 YPA. And he resuscitated you know, him. Yep. And he was 32 and 17 as offensive coordinator of the Titans. And he's there five and they're 10 and 15 since, you know, and, and he, you know, he, Derek Henry was a timeshare uh, with Deion Lewis. And then Arthur Smith comes in, you know, we're joking because obviously Derek Henry would have been great whenever he got his opportunity. But the point is, it's, it's not as simple as like, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he is definitely, it seems out thinking himself. You drafted this guy in the first round you see the talent when he plays. It's not just his college tape. I mean, you see it in the pros. He makes a move. You're like, wow, that guy's amazing. And he's not using him nearly enough. Um, and, and it's beyond the point of, oh, we need to preserve him for the second half. The Falcons are in contention, but they blew a game, you know, that they might've won. Um, and they've got to mix him in, you know? And, and so I think this week he probably will. I heard his like long rant about all the different situations and stuff. And it wasn't like, you know, I was like, all right, yeah, he's very aware of each thing and what he's doing. And maybe he's using the decoy a little too much, you know. I mean, it's it's fine to use a, a good player as a decoy now and then, and and misdirect the defense who thinks Bijan's going to get it. But at some point, you got to give it to your best player, most athletic and talented player, and hopefully he does that. So I think going forward, he'll be good again. I, I don't think I, I. It didn't sound for me like Arthur Smith was digging in his heels. He was pretty contrite and just like. But I think the, the real takeaway of this is um, the fantasy community isn't just like a bunch of nerds. I mean, they are a bunch of nerds, but they're not just a bunch of nerds who nobody cares about. They're the lifeblood they, of football. Right. Betters and fantasy players are actually the constituents that you represent, yes. like it or not, as a coach, right? Like it used to just be you were sort of the representative of the fans, and if you lose, you get fired. But I could see at some point, given the direction things are going, that if you screwed up the fantasy angle too much, you could get fired in a way. Not if you were winning Super Bowls, but if you were just like in contention, you know? Because the public would sour on you. The people who pay for the product would sour on you. The people, who do you think is buying the Sunday ticket or whatever they call it now, the game pass? It's it's the fantasy people and the betting people. So, um, you know, like it or not, that's your constituency now and you can't ignore them. And I think he got a piece of that. You know, I mean, they lost, which if they had won, he could have, you know, right. said, that's well, lost. you know, but, but 
you know, five and four wouldn't have even been good enough. I mean, at a certain point, it's like, look, you play the fantasy guys. And it's going to be a little bit of a conflict, I think, um, for coaches, especially ones who are not Bill Belichick or somebody who's so established that, um, you know, that they're sort of like get away with it. But even Bill Belichick is getting pushed back on now. You know, there was firing talk. There's all this different stuff. But, you know, didn't he just get a contract extension like a couple weeks ago? Got a contract extension, but that doesn't preclude him from being let go that was what the mike reese but does it keep the money though if he if he's let go um what's the what point they, of a contract if they can let you go and not pay you right well yeah no you obviously i don't know what the the guarantees are they don't post uh coaches contract like if i'm signing a contract right i'm obligating myself to the team i can't go coach another team so if i can be fired without being paid and yet i'm obligated to the team that's not a contract, right? right. That, well, no, I don't way. think that's what it is. But also, that contract extension for Bill Belichick came in a week where people were saying, would he get midseason fired, you know? And as we've seen already, like, look at the Raiders. Uh, Mark um, uh, what's uh, Mark Davis has $88 million in unpaid co- in unworking coaches right now right. between Gruden and Josh McDaniels, right? He, he does not give an F at all. I mean, and you would assume that Robert Kraft, like I said, it's not going to uh, preclude him for doing what he thinks. Yeah, he right. can definitely like, afford food, a massage, whatever he needs still, right? So, I mean, he's fine. <laughs> he can afford any kind of massage he wants, even massages that you're not supposed to get. Here, here, here's the thing. Um, he should sign Deshaun Watson. I mean, there's just no, that's just like a perfect match. Oh, there, right. There you go. Watson Train and Kraft. They could have like a heart to heart about the whole situation. Oh. Um, so no, it's not really fair because, because, uh, apparently Kraft was consensual and, uh, or at least like with permission. Right. But, there's a little more but again, just... but Watson's just an allegation. He's not been prosecuted. Right. He didn't, he didn't go to, didn't come out. I, I think it was just right, but either OJ wasn't prosecuted either. You no, know? he was prosecuted. Well, he, he, was, was, acquitted. Yeah. he was acquitted. He was acquitted. Good point. Right. Good point. Well, the thing about OJ is right. OJ, right, he's acquitted. Now, most people think OJ killed his wife and her friend, right? Most people believe that. Now, I think it's very likely that that's the case. But if some guy came out of the woodwork tomorrow and had an account of the situation that explained everything better, you know, with a better thing of him doing it, then I would change my mind. But as of now, my working hypothesis is that OJ did it. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, the only thing I'm, do you, I'm just, you, you're bringing up feelings of nostalgia for me there. Do you remember watching the Nick game and it was interrupted Dude. in the finals? Do I remember? I've had like fifty. Are you just trying to push my buttons? No, I. You know, Dude, I almost. I almost. I let almost me just let me, let me let me just explain for those who don't know. Um, the Knicks, New York Knicks, who you know hadn't been to the NBA Finals since the seventies, were in the nineteen mid nineties uh, against Houston Rockets, doing well. Um, and then all of a sudden, the broadcast gets interrupted for the OJ car chase. So. Go ahead. So the producer at NBC, whoever made that call should have been executed because this was on every channel, this OJ chase, right? Like we didn't need, they should have put a scroll that said, there's an OJ Simpson breaking news story. It's on every other channel. If you love basketball, stay right here. We're, we're, you know, but they did it too. So here I am watching my team that I watched every game. And I lived in New York. Then I watched every game for like five years. You know, I was like the Mason Oakley Starks, I, that brutalized team, you know, the Jordan was bullying them. Finally, Ewing. Jordan. Yeah, Ewing. Finally, Jordan goes into, you know, gambling uh, exile for a couple of years or whatever you want to call it. And and the Knicks are in the finals, you know, and, and it's a really competitive series. And they just mid-game. I mean, that is just, that is such malpractice. I mean, I, I've said it a million times on the radio before, but it's like the idea that you would just be like, oh, we need to do what everyone else is doing instead of just inform the viewers. It, it was such a betrayal of, of the viewer. It was like, we don't care about you. We just want to, why? Why would you even consider doing that with somebody who knew nothing about programming, nothing about TV, nothing about humanity? I mean, that was like, it was, 
Dick Ebersol was the guy who was head of NBC Sports. Did he make the call? Was he the guy who made the call? He ultimately had to. If you watch all the documentaries, I believe that you had to. He, it, it went all the way why up would you? Him. Why would you do that? Why would well, you do that? Well, here's what, again, executive, you know, I used to be in advertising as a low-level salesperson, but right. what you should have done there is split the screen. No, just scroll on the bottom. OJ split the screen. Split the screen. But you why? Get to, then you can't see either. You're going to switch change the you channel. Can, you, come on, look, it, we watch NFL Sunday Ticket on six your boxes. T- remember the size of your TV uh, back then in 1993, Alan? Good point, good point. Listen, but listen. I'm saying at very minimum, split screen, or do picture-in-picture where you do... Who, the- why do you... Who cares? If you if that was your interest because you weren't an actual basketball fan, just change the channel, you know? I know, like, but they don't want you changing the channel. Because remember... But why, why? Why? For what? You're the only one... Care- the only reason they're watching, but they don't care... Nobody cares about NBC or CBS or ABC. Nobody cares about those those places. They just want the programming. So if basketball, if the NBA Finals is only on NBC, then I'm going to watch NBC, right? And if um, I and if and if all of a sudden you know someone else wants to watch the OJ Chase and we have to switch, it's not going to make me not switch back to NBC the next day to watch the basketball finals. I mean, it's like the most short sighted decision ever. And I mean. I don't know. I, I should have like never watched NBC again after that, but I, right. I did. A couple more um, fantasy topics, fantasy football topics that uh, I want to discuss with you. Uh, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. A couple bet down weeks in fantasy football. Uh, they're off this week. Obviously, the, the easy answer is that Matthew Stafford wasn't there. But even when Matthew Stafford was there, there was a couple weeks. Is Do you see this as, you know, I know like it's kind of cheap fantasy advice. Buy low, sell high. But with trade deadlines coming up, Nobody wants Cooper Cup right now. There actually is a trade to be made here. Um, do you do you see this as the beginning of the end, or is Cup still an elite player? And just listen, he's, he was down. To, he was bound to have a few games. Well, he had two bad games before Stafford right. got hurt. And by the way, pee break for me. Talk about this. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, he had a couple of bad games before Stafford got hurt, and then Stafford got hurt. And I'm not confident that Stafford's necessarily going to be 100 percent after the bye. They said he might have played last week, but that seemed dubious in retrospect. So. Um, I don't know how serious the thumb injury is, but, uh, I would probably deal him for, you know, like Hopkins or someone like that, if I could get it. But if you're sort of need a lot of upside, need kind of a miracle, then you're on the other side of that, right? It's sort of the top five upside player. If he, you know, right when he came back from the injury, he was himself right away. So I'm basically saying like, I would trade him for Hopkins. If I'm, if I have cup, mm-hmm. if my team's like solid, um, but if my team was desperate, you know, and I, and I just need like a top five upside guy. Um, say I'm like, you know, Terry six, McLaurin. If I'm desperate, I definitely trade McLaurin for cup. Um, just no, for no, the upside. Oh, I would say the other way around. Would you trade? Well, if, well yeah, if I'm solid, if I'm like, I'm, you yeah. know, seven and three or whatever it is, six, you know, seven, seven and two, two. Right. Then I'm like, yeah, let's just bank this. You know, okay. um, I'd rather have Hopkins actually, but you know, I, right, right, right. You know I'm M- giving you McLaurin. one level down from yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So you, you brought up Deandre Hopkins. Um, I haven't talked to you since Will Levis took over. What are your observations telling you about uh, the rookie who fell in the draft to the second round? He looks the part to me. I didn't see a lot of his play. I just saw him throw a bunch of like really high lollipop bombs and then uh, Hopkins ran under them. And that's better than also. Yeah. yeah, But I I just was like, that's better than not trying it. You know, I mean, I, I sometimes think you'll see like a QB just chuck one deep and there'll be a PI and it'll be a 50 yard play. And you're like, do that. Like the whole last two games, the other QB was like dink and dunking and like would never get, you know, take sacks, like never just chuck it. And you're like, 
dude, just throw the ball up and let your playmakers make plays, you know, try to look off the safety. So it's one-on-one, you know, so he's not just getting picked, but like, you know, and if you get picked on a 50 yard bomb, it's not a big deal unless he runs it all the way back. So, um, yeah. So it just seems like he's willing to sling it and that's half the battle. You would stay with him, right? If you're Mike Vrabel at oh, this course. point, of course. Okay. What, what do you, there's nothing to lose. Well, you know, I mean, if sometimes, it, like, if, if if he has three interceptions in a game, you know, like you start getting I get, a little, I, if he had more than eleven interceptions in a game, I would bench him. But perfect below that, I would. I it's just like, what do you care? Like, you're you're in development mode. You're not going anywhere this year. And why draft the Q? I mean, you have you know these rookie contracts are a big deal, right? You need yeah. to know information is valuable. In poker, sometimes people make a bet. They'll pay money just to see what the other guy does. They'll pay for information, right? And so. I think you got to pay for information. You got to be willing to risk. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, yeah. I'm not even sure it is a risk because Tannehill is not very good anymore. But you know, you got to be able to willing to risk to to get information about your um, your quarterback who's under his rookie contract. I, I think that's yeah. like a beyond a no brainer. Yeah, I want to stick with quarterbacks here. I've been I have a list of questions, but I'm I, you watch a lot of football over the last. I mean. You know, you, you, you've talked about in your articles a lot. You've been watching for 40 plus years, you know, uh, NFL football. So I trust 45 your, plus years, Alan, 45 plus years. So I was right. betting on football when I was six. Uh, what were you betting? Like cookies or like no, a real... dime? My, my, uh, not a dime, like, you know, a thousand. A dime, uh, that's like, what I'm saying. You were using cents. slang back then uh, yeah. too. Uh, no, literally a dime, uh, <laughs> yeah. with my grandfather who got oh, me that's... into sports betting. Yeah. Oh, so he's responsible for your, uh, for your, he is. I wrote a whole article on it. Alan. Yeah. I thought you yeah. read my articles. It was a whole, uh, it was in the Roadwire magazine a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm doing the interview thing. I know oh, about you, but oh, I'm you doing did. it as if I'm in, uh, inviting okay. the right. audience. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. To, sorry. Yeah. To get Don't, break yeah. Don't break character. Don't break character. Uh, CJ shroud. Um, yeah. you know, we were talking about like dynasty rankings, right? So I want you to get into that mindset for a second before we talk about what you've seen. I mean, let this, if you were playing in like a keeper league and you're starting and we're drafting the quarterbacks only, like a super flex league, how many pick, how many quarterbacks would have to go off the board before you took CJ Stroud? Well, Mahomes Burrow, one, two, probably. Josh um, Allen still, I think, for fantasy football is, is I, I guess, but you know, he's I mean, he hasn't really been hurt. He's been pretty tough. So like that's what he's I'm not saying. he's not like one of those guys who's breaking down. And he's having Josh a great Allen. season, by the way. Again. And Hurts Hurts got the contract and he gets that like so three QB sneak. That's four, right? No, no, it's Burrow, three. Burrow, Burrow Mahomes, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. Oh, you said Burrow too. Okay, this is controversial. So you're okay. you're 100 in on Burrow. I mean, uh, CJ Stroud had an incredible game, and he's been very good as a rookie. But like, doesn't have is chase. he going to be better than? Is he going to be? Yeah, first of all, he doesn't have Chase and uh, and Higgins, but Higgins may be gone next year. Right. But is like, what percent chance is he a better cube has a better career than Burrow? Like he's better than Burrow. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. You, you, you're, you're hoping 20, he, you're 20, hoping 25. Becomes, you're hoping I mean, Joe Burrow is, is pretty good, right? So the problem with Burrow is he gets hurt a lot. You know, that that's the negative with him. But like, you know, Burrow's what, like 27? He's pretty old for a, actually for a, you know, young court, you know, for a guy who's only been in the league a couple of years, but 28. But quarterbacks played only 35. So you don't really yeah. care if he's 28 or 24 that much, right? It's just more like you got another seven years. Seven years is going to be a nuclear war. Right? We don't care about eight years down the road. Like, oh, Stroud will be there in 10 years and Burrow will be, you know, 30, 38 or whatever. Who cares? Right, so so back to this exercise. Yeah. So you have the big three plus Burrow. Let's call them big four. Mm-hmm. All right, here now we go. Herbert or in fantasy football, Herbert or CJ Stroud, you're having a dynasty league or a keeper league. Stroud. Okay, so there it is. So he doesn't, if you're picking up, I pick mean, five, Herbert, he's handicapped by that nutless monkey uh, analytics guy coach, you know. Yeah, uh, but he may, he may and, not and, be there forever, though. 
Yeah, no, he won't be. Uh, he'll probably get fired after this year. But, you know, Herbert, he looks like Dan Marino to me, slings the ball so nicely. Keenan Allen's good, but Mike Williams is always hurt. And I don't, Quentin Johnson, I mean, I don't know if he's ever mm -hmm. going to be anything. You know, Keenan Allen's getting old. Uh, Eckler's getting old. I mean, they may have to kind of start from scratch on that whole wide receiver thing. And how good is Herbert? I mean, he, you'd think like even with a crap coach, you know, he would have. It's a tough conference, though. There's so many good quarterbacks yeah. in the AFC. It's like ridiculous. But um, I think probably I would take Stroud. I, that game was just like that was the Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes thing where it's like there's not enough time on the clock. And yet he, the ball zips right to the guy right on the sideline, right to the guy right in the end zone. Like, you know, there's the rush coming. He just sees he obviously processes fast. Right. Mm. That's the problem with Danny Dimes and even worse with Zach Wilson is that, that, you know, like Danny Dimes, the guy's athletic. He works his tail off. He's got a good arm. He can make every throw. But I just think his brain, like how fast can you look at images and make a decision? It's, just, it's almost like a muscle reflex. It's almost like a, a, you know, like physical quickness, right? It's like mental processing power. And it just seems like Stroud has it. And like Zach Wilson's the worst. Like Zach Wilson's a good arm. He's very mobile. He just cannot process like what's going on. And it's just like a, you know, it's just, uh, it's probably a DNA thing, you know, that you just have. And, and Stroud that's what he has. He has that, like, I see everything and I'm going to make the decision and the ball's going to get there on time and on target. And I don't know, man, I, I, I feel like it could be some kind of mirage, but I, I feel like the sample's large enough that I'm well, sold. The, so two things there is one, the irony is the S2 test, which replaced that. Um, what was the other test? They used to get the cognitive Wonderlick, test. The Wonderlick. Yeah, that's gone. S2 is in. S2 said Shrab was a bad processor. So they're fired, right? Right. The yeah. S2 results said Bryce Young is going to, you know, it that the Panthers pointed to the S2 test this year to take Bryce Young over. They CJ better be Shrab. lobbying for and paying for more S2 because their whole regime is done. I mean, they should be on suicide watch. If you pass up the guy, and pick one and he goes pick two that's it for you you are not you know it was bad enough for the gm ryan pace was it that took trubisky and when mahomes and watson were in the draft mm -hmm. right at two but at least mahomes and watson went 10 11 like at least you could right. say well a lot of people passed on him i mean everybody should commit suicide who didn't take uh right. patrick mahomes but like but okay a lot of people did you, you at least could like you know there's there's uh there's you know safety in numbers but like dude nobody else passed on him. You did this and you're going to hang your hat on this stupid metric. And I wrote about this. Like you need to use your judgment. You can't be like, Oh, the metric says this. And then all of a sudden, like I'm off the hook or I'm going to make a good choice. What right. a blunder. I mean, what a colossal, I mean, this is a decade. This is taking your franchise for a decade and dunking it underwater. I mean, this is, you had the ticket. You were the number one pick. You had it. And you yep. just completely squandered it. And, and wait I don't a second. see how you get wait a, a job second here. Yeah. Not only did they just have that choice, they paid extra to make that choice. They traded away their first round pick next year Oof. to make that choice. So Oof. now, because if the Panthers had done this and taken Stroud, they'd be like, all right, fine. But now they're going to have the number one, two or three pick. And it's not even theirs. They can't Oof. even reinforce it. So uh, Arizona, uh, Chicago has their pick. Just brutal. I mean, I absolutely brutal. And, you know, look, drafting is hard. You know, I don't want to say like if I were a GM, I would always get it right. But results are results, you know? I mean, all those like process bros, you know, they don't know <laughs> shit, you know? Oh, my process. Oh, but he used the test. You know, they did it. Nobody gives a fuck. Like, like this is a result. Like one franchise is on the rise and is, you know, is going to be a contender for years if he stays healthy. And the other franchise looks like is this guy like a backup or something like a, you know, is he, is he like Taylor Heineke? Like, who's he going to be now? He's only a rookie and maybe Bryce Young can be okay. But, um, and we're still dealing with a somewhat small sample, but man, you've got to be like, 
very nervous if you're if you're the Carolina front. Oh, office. you're past that. You're already like, man, we have to show something. You forget, like, hey, he's going to be better than him. Bryce Young going to be better than CJ Stroud at this point. You're like, let's just make it so he's a you. you Baker can Mayfield, just get Baker Mayfield out of him or something. But Baker Mayfield was good as a rookie. I mean, he actually showed something. Right. So this uh, is the yeah, other Baker Mayfield. It seems like the ceiling for for Bryce Young. Yeah. The other thing that you often say that I want to underline here is that it's not just the size of the sample. Sometimes it's the magnitude of yes. it. And then, uh, and meaning that CJ Shroud came in, had two game winning drives and 450 yards and is, he doesn't have, like we just pointed out, doesn't have chase. doesn't have T Higgins. He has Nico Collins who we kind of like, right? I like, and I, and tank Dell has been impressive as a 160 pound receiver, but he's doing it with these guys. He seems like he's an elevator, right? He brings the other guys up. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's not that mobile, right? But he's just one of those guys that sees the field, you know? I mean, Tom Brady wasn't mobile. Peyton Manning wasn't mobile. So, you know, I, you know, again, that's, again, that's not what we're looking at yet. We can't be going there quite yet, but yeah. I, I mean, the best rookie I've ever seen is a quarterback, right? I mean, Peyton Manning was bad as a rookie yep. and Brady didn't even play really. So um, have you seen a rookie quarterback that's better than this? RG, um, RG3. RG3. Yeah, but that was a lot of that, you know, that read option was like a huge part of that. It was the running. Yeah. But as, I a, mean, as a passer, as a pocket, I mean, RG3 had 20 touchdowns and like four picks. He was pretty good. Um, it was just, but, I just had never seen anything like RG3 before at the time. But yeah. now I would say what Stroud's doing is more impressive because it's more sustainable. Like right. when you RG3, you're like, there's no way. Like, you know, it, it was no shocker when he left the NFL early because he got hurt and re-injured right. and all that other stuff. So, you yeah, know, interesting point. I mean, imagine, you know, like we're, we're not even in that close to that mindset yet, but imagine TJ Stroud ends up being an all-timer. It's possible, right? I mean, it's, it's in play. It's not just in play. It's, it's like almost the base case. I mean, nobody does this when you start your career. Now you get yeah. hurt and, you know. Sure. Sure. Whatever. But, but good. Yeah. So, all right. Interesting. All right. In on CJ Stroud. I like that. Um, you know, and uh, I passed on him in, in a dynasty league for Bryce Young. I, the guy was victory. Me for Zay Flowers. I took Zay Flowers. Yeah. But, but you took it that you weren't considering uh no CJ no Stroud. i had patrick mahomes so, as anyway, yeah that's you know i'm, I'm just kidding i'm just kidding okay because right. zay flowers is such a bust it's so pathetic i can't believe he, i took zay flowers. he's still doing better than devin a chain <laughs> not no he's not no he's not <laughs> i, I take, don't think yeah. i don't think zay flowers is a bust he's still their number one receiver it's just that they've been had a lot of success he's like a little quick guy he's like Kadarius tony with better health I, I, okay. I'm going to respectfully disagree because they haven't gotten the offense going yet. I mean, it's only week 10. I mean, what the hell right. are they waiting for? But yeah. uh, he's still the number one receiver on that team. And yeah, I, but that's split around by like 10 guys and Andrews is really the number one. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a little, this is not relevant when I'm about to ask you here for anyone in like a normal league, but I, I saw that they brought back uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Martavis Bryant, 31 years old. I used to love that guy. Man. Love that I mean, dude. Just never really put it together. I mean, do you have any, like, do you think he could be fantasy relevant at all? Like, should you pick him up? Cause he's a zero, he's on waiver wires. Even like, if you're like in a three receiver NFFC, are you picking him up? No, I didn't pick him up. Uh, I mean, I loved him too. He was like six, four and fast and made like, he looked like Randy Moss, you know, out mm -hmm. there, but uh, he's like 31 and Dallas can't even get the ball to like Michael Gallup or Brandon cooks, you know? Well, it's and, been your guy. Tolbert now has been getting Tolbert. It. Yeah. But I, I've already dropped him in all those leagues. Um, yeah. You know, it's really just CD lamb. Uh, and tight end and Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you know, who's nobody talks about this. Maybe they are. And I'm, I'm not really following them, but Tony Pollard, like, I don't, I've yeah. made a lot of terrible picks, you know, Darren Waller. Um, and uh, it's being talked Dijon. about now this yeah, week, but Tony Pollard, it's like, 
dude, he's healthy all year and he's doing nothing. Like he doesn't score touchdowns. He's caught a few passes, but not going anywhere with them. He's got like four yards of carry on modest. I mean, it's like, what's the point of Tony Pollard? This is exactly what the critics of Tony Pollard were pointing to. Hey, give this guy the lead work, the lead role. And it's not going to go well. He's best as a change of pace when the defense is tired, when they've been beat up by Zeke. You've talked about this in a lot of different podcasts, radio shows. And now you put it's it's almost like when Corey Davis, you remember that guy on the that was on Tennessee and then went to the Jets. Number one, yeah. The Jets from being AJ Brown's number two to the Jets number one, flames out of league. So he is Corey Davis in a sense. Yeah, there was a guy, uh, Kevon, or maybe just Kevin Barlow on the Niners. And we had him on the magazine and insert 49er gold, right? Like one of those like things. And he was same thing. He was like really good as a backup the year before. Then uh, I think it was like Garrison Hirsch or somebody left. Mm-hmm. And Barlow was the, was the, or Frank Gore, I can't remember, was the clear starter. And we we're like, okay, look how good he is now Project it with more volume. And it just doesn't work like that. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it, it's sometimes those guys are better suited for those roles. That's why I'm on Dallas, like for fantasy football, I'm picking up Rico Doddle where I can, because he strikes me as a player that can, I don't know why they're not giving him more work, I guess, because they've gone to a, a a more of a pass heavy approach here. So that's somebody that I'm, I'm interested in. Um, some of the other players that are in the news this week that I think are George Pickens, right? Uh, I don't know if you've been following along here, but he he's doing that move where he takes the team off Instagram, unfollows Mike Tomlin because he hasn't been getting targeted. Uh, great player, but it's always been someone that, uh, you know, it, it's all going to come together for fantasy. I mean, Deontay Johnson's a player that nobody wanted on Pittsburgh, but on all my teams, I have him this year. Pittsburgh passing game. Pittsburgh's doing well right now. What do you make of it? I mean, Kenny Pickett is just so uninspiring. That's what it is. There's not enough to go around for everybody, right? And the, and uh, what's the name? Pat Fryermuth. I was going to say Heath Miller. But Pat <laughs> Fryermuth is coming back week 11, and he's a decent receiver. And so you're just going to have like Fryermuth, Deontay, Pickens. The running throw, backs. Yeah, Jalen Warren. It's just, you know, they even throw to Najee's carcass. And it's like, it's like there's just not enough to go around for everybody. It's not that kind of an offense. And the defense is pretty good. They ugly it up. So... And then the weather's going to get bad in the NFC North. Um, so I don't know. He'll have his games. He's a dynamic guy. He can make catches over top of people and get down the field. But how much of that can you count on? I don't know. All right. Uh, th- I wanted to save this question for near the end here, but I want to go back to your Giants for a minute. I, I know you you wrote an article about the state of the Giants and you basically have waved the white flag. You're giving up and now you're rooting for losing because you want them to get a higher pick. I'm not rooting for losing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, You know what I'm saying? You're not disappointed when you lose, you see the upside. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Right. So what do you, what do you, if they are in the pole position to get one of the quarterbacks, it doesn't have to be the 1.1. Let's say they're, you know, they can get, there's a guy. I want them to get 12 inch. Uh, 12 inch would be awesome. Right? Don't you? Is that his nickname? Because if it's not his nickname, it needs to be his nickname. Michael Phoenix, twelve uh, inch. They should call him twelve inch. Why Michael would they? Why would, yeah, uh, yeah, that's too good. Oh, it's that's Penix. Good. I thought it was Phoenix. Michael <laughs> Phoenix, twelve inch. So well, there's up. There's but if they get twelve inch, that's really great, right? I mean, that would be you know. Yeah. Well, it's hard to get him. Yeah. Well, they'll get a lot of penetration near the goal line. So, <laughs> so you want? Okay. So they they're obligated to to dimes contractually for one more year, at like forty million. Who, who cares though, right? If you get a guy, he's have an expensive backup, and you, you have get a twelve cheap, inch. You got to take it. Uh, yeah, you're who, out on the, Danny Dimes. You're no, out. No, I'm out. I, I mean, he's hurt, right? And and you know, he was really good last year. I mean, he was really 
did a great job in a terrible situation, but a lot of it was that read option stuff, you know, cause there was no receivers and they used his athleticism, but it was like, it was like a poor man's rookie RG three. It was like everything he did was right. And he didn't throw a lot of picks or turn it over last year for once. But it's like, when you see him, he just, I just think the processing is just a little bit slow. And that was the knock on him before that. And this year kind of reared its ugly head again. Now he's hurt. I think he'd be a good backup somewhere. Like I would love if I were a team to have him as a backup. I think right. he could like, and and maybe even have a couple of good years, like a Tannehill or someone like that. Yeah. I think Tannehill's probably a good comp for him actually overall. I think he, I, I want him uh, to get a chance over on the Atlanta Falcons. I thought that would be a good setup for him. I mean, yeah, that would be great. You know, um, I think he's okay. It's just, um, if you're going to get one of those top picks and there are quarterbacks there, I don't mean Sam Darnold, you know, right. for the stat nerds like, Oh, you got to take Sam Darnold. He's the best quarterback, you know, not those guys, but if there's quarterbacks, I don't know shit about college football, but what I'm told is there are a couple of really good quarterbacks. There's, coming there's up. two elite prospects in Caleb Williams from UFC. You've heard of him. He's yes, the one that Caleb I want to talk. Right. And then the other one is this guy, Drake may, uh, who is, now getting buzzes, he could be the number one overall pick. Uh, so yeah, there's two guys that are, are slated to go at the top that are that are really showing oh, twelve inch, twelve inches in that class. This is something Ted Bell tweeted. So I so he is now he's now getting first round buzz. So okay. that means that he's probably going to shoot up the board. That means that twelve inches is going to shoot his yeah. uh, up the yeah, board. <laughs> but yeah, now, by, when it's all said and done, you know the guy's going to be in the top ten. Top ten. I mean, okay, that's how it works. Point, point is, if there's a guy, and again, I don't know anything about college. Um, that, you know, checks the boxes, um, not as like five foot five or whatever Bryce Young is, you know, a guy who, you know, has the, he's got the real prospects, right. the real prospect, big yeah. time prospect. Um, then I would take him and, um, figure out, you know, to trade Danny dimes. I don't know how you trade Danny dimes with that deal, you know, without you maybe take some well, of the hit. I don't know how they do yeah. it with like partial cap hit or something. But you don't have to trade up. Just have an exp what's the difference if you have if you have four, uh, a rookie that's backing up dimes or hit dimes right. you have the money anyway. You're obligated for one more year right. than you're, you you're get paying out. it regardless so you may as well. Yeah. You might as well uh, have them. Yeah, right. The, the only problem is if dimes comes back healthy and it's mid-season so he might not be but it's a quarterback. Yeah. It's going to be that whole like training camp competition. You know, it just gets to that thing where the rookie then loses a whole year behind the starter like Patrick Mahomes did behind Alex Smith that year. You know, it's just like yeah. It's just annoying. It's just better to get rid of that guy and just let him play. Like they should have got rid of Jimmy G, the Niners, like really given Trey Lance the full year, but they never did. And then by the time he came back, he was hurt. And then it's like, yeah. you know, so, but it, yeah, the, the Giants, I'm out on Danny Dimes. I, I, I'm not out on him completely. Like I think he's like a, a solid backup to, to has some potential, but not enough to pass up the, the chance to draft someone really good. Yeah. I told you this is going to be a quarterback based show. I want to stick with that theme right here. I mean, you have to be impressed with what Joshua Dobbs did, man. I mean, it, to me, it's, you know, what is he? It's been well-documented five teams in the last six months. I mean, his superpower, Chris Liss, is that he's able to just kind of look at the playbook, thumb through it, and get enough understanding. He Remember, they, let's go back a little bit. They, they put him in a playoff game last year, the Titans, right? Held his own there, right? Gets traded a day before the season starts to the Arizona Cardinals. Starts their top 12 fantasy quarterback. And then on on midweek gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings, comes in, and again all star performance, especially from fantasy football uh, perspective. But he also gets the win. Josh Dobbs is the answer at quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings for the rest of the year. Are you picking him up even in a single quarterback? I picked him up in a couple leagues. I, I mean, and I in the dynasty trade where I made this huge trade for Jonathan Taylor because my team's out of contention. I hadn't thrown me back Dobbs, and I have him in that league. Although I have Mahomes, but Mahomes on by this week. But but 
yeah, why not? And if Jefferson comes back next week, he's not coming back this week with Addison and Jefferson and then the running that Dobbs does. Hawkinson. Yeah, Hawkinson. He could be a top five quarterback the rest of the way. I mean, he easily could. Uh, And so in a one QB league, that's all that matters, right? Two QB league, just anyone with the pulse matters. But a one QB league, uh, you don't really care, you know, if some pocket passer takes over for some other guy. But you get the running quarterback in in an offense that there's in shootouts and it's indoors and it's, you know, got weapons. I mean, yeah, of course. Of course I'm interested. All right. And do you think that it's – what do you handicap the odds that he is taking the first snap of the 2024 season for the Vikings given the nature of the injury to Kirk Cousins who had an Achilles? We won't see him until at least, you know, October minimum. Is that true? Because Rodgers is saying he's going to come back in a couple, you know, a couple weeks now. He doesn't take ayahuasca, Kirk Cousins. Well, you know, uh, he was also uh, doing his own medical treatments for right. a certain well, virus. I'm going to, I'm going to default to, and I bet he's going to talk to Rodgers. If Rod, I mean, he's going to talk to Rodgers. They've already been talking. It's been documented. Of course, of course you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes uh, the Western medical system doesn't know everything, and there are other ways to go about things that uh, are maybe not as profitable. That uh, might be effective in different ways. And there's a lot of groupthink in medicine. And in fact, you know, we can go a whole rabbit hole on this, which I'm not going to, but, you know, things like statins for cholesterol. I mean, there's a lot of dissent that is, has been shut down over a lot of uh, medical topics because there's, I mean, the, the amount of money that's, you know, when you, when you uh, patent, you know, when you have statins, if you're a statin provider, it's the most prescribed uh, drug of all. I mean, there's multi-billions of dollars. So if, if you're a doctor and you say, you know, I don't know how, effective this is maybe there's other ways to treat this or this isn't really cholesterol is not the problem it's made out to be um you know it's not just like oh how, how funny that guy disagrees it's like we need to destroy this guy and drum him out of the you know out of the yeah. entire business Amina, so yeah mean a so, kimes rant on aaron Rodgers. you know i well, get sick when i see it oh that mean a kimes rant where she's like yeah. getting so indignant and histrionic over his medical choice and how selfish he is yeah. I, but i'm sure she apologized to him because any no. decent person would right no no of course um, she did she had to have apologized right she was, <laughs> she was destroying his character on a large platform uh and it turned out he was totally right and she didn't apologize no she must have so uh, i want to i want to stick with this whole medical thing because i have some questions for you I, I think we wrapped up fantasy football uh, do you have any other thoughts for no. week 10 well I, I was gonna just tell you i was gonna well i was gonna just discuss my uh my epiphany that you know that i wrote about yesterday on um, realmansports.com. Yeah, Real Man Sports. The, yeah, just the... the uh, but we can talk about whatever you want. I don't, I don't care. Well, no, talk about your epiphany first because mine, well, had, to do, mine so, had to do with uh, getting... What's, you know, when they... So I had a disastrous week in week five. I just made these bad lineup choices and I compounded and making it worse. And I was like looking at like fantasy pros. I was looking at Erickson's value meter. Erickson's value meter is better, but it didn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's nothing against anyone personally. Um, and I was You're like just outsourcing your, your, own I, I'd be like stuck, right. I'd be stuck. Like, obviously there's obvious calls, right? Like somebody, you know, who, who to start here, but then there's like a lot of calls. Everybody has them that are between 40 and 60%. They're tight, you know, and it can go either way. And you know, that it can go either way and, and but it can ruin your season, right? Because even though it's 50, 50, one guy can get three touchdowns. The other guy can get shut out. I mean, just because it was 50, 50 before the game doesn't mean it's close after the game. So these are really important calls. And I, I would just kind of be lazy and be like, ah, oh, well, Okay, how does Erickson have him ranked? How does Fantasy Pros have it ranked? How does, you know, I might even look up a stat. Like, what is what, what the defense they face? This is the 22nd defense. This is the 14th defense against quarterbacks. And I would, like, be like, all right, I'll go with this guy. And I, it was disastrous. And I just realized, like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I watched football for 45 years. I have a huge amount of experience and knowledge about this sport. And I, I am going to absorb the facts that I can. 
But it's not like one fact, like, oh, this defense is 22nd against quarterbacks. This defense is 14th. That can't carry the weight. Okay, I'm going to switch it. That's not, that's like such a tiny detail. It's like, you know, the difference in, in points allowed might be like two points a week and they have different schedules. It's just ridiculous to hang your hat on that. But you want to hang your hat on something, on somebody's rankings, on the market. But, well, the market says this. The, the, the fantasy pros rankers like this guy. So I'll go with this guy. It's 50-50. And by the way, some of the fantasy pros rankers take it seriously. The other, some of them just kind of just mail it in. So now you're getting, so part of that, that soup, part of that stew you're getting is apathy. It's also a group thing. People listen to the same podcast. They, right. they follow the same beat writers. I mean, they're all, you know, this is, it's, it's ridiculous to rely on something like that. Unless you absolutely knew nothing. Like if you knew nothing, if you just didn't know about football, yeah, rely on that completely or rely on Jeff's because you don't know anything. So you may, you, you know, you're, you don't want to make a gigantic obvious mistake, but someone like me is having trouble. Someone like you is having trouble with a decision. There's nobody who knows, right? If it's, if it's close for us, nobody in the world knows it's close enough that we know enough about this that it could go either way. And so yeah. what you need to do is trust your judgment. Just I say this all the time. I complain about, but I got so I swear to God, my biggest regret in my career, or whatever you want to call it, my time doing fantasy sports, I still do it. My is the the last 12 years I've been a worse player than the first 12 years in every sport, basically. Yeah. And and a worse better. And I'm just getting out from under it um, because I like fell for the pitch, these midwit pitch of like, Oh, this metric, this system, this, you know, whether it was Massey Peabody or net YPA or some other jargon that was like, Oh, if I'm not sure, let's look at this metric and use that. Right. That, that was like, so it's so appealing. Cause you're often not sure it's hard to know even what you think, right. What you really think on a tough call. And so I got caught up in that rather than trusting my good instincts. I have good instincts and I observe this game. I'm not some novice. I've been watching this for 45 years doing fantasy for 25 I know. Nobody knows better than me, in my opinion. Nobody in the world. Now, I'm not the best player because I've, I've betrayed my instincts a million times where other people are much, you know, much more uh, based and they're just like, no, this is what I'm going with. And, and, you know, but in the world, you know, you too, you're the same. We're all the same. A lot of us, right? We've done it for years. Even if you've done it for 10 years closely, you've got it. You've got all the built-in knowledge. No one's better than you. Nobody knows more than you. You just got to get in touch with your knowledge base and be like, what do I really think about this? And it's a hard question. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Right. Last week, I was going to bet the Giants in, in uh, Vegas. Right. And I was like, you know what? The Giants are better. They got Dimes back. They got Barkley back. They got Aaron Thomas. Raiders suck. Um, you know, but I was like, yeah, but it's a late game travel after the Giants had a heartbreaking loss to the Jets. And the Raiders got the dead cat bounce of firing the quarterback there. And, and, and the and Raiders, the also, they also, you know who their coach was. I mean, that's our, you know. Next giant Yeah, yeah. Giant, right. I mean, a key. But, not, he's like inner circle Hall of Fame in the well, 2000s. I was, I, yeah. In the 2000s. I mean, he was a solid linebacker who made like one problem, oh, but, but he was a hard, I, go ahead. I he, was, he was a good guy, but he was, you know, he wasn't like that good. But the point is, it was just like, you know what? I was like, I can't touch this game. I, and, and. I just looked inside and I was like, I wanted to think it, but I just realized, no, it was a stay away. And same with the Jets. I wanted to take the Jets, but then I was just like, I, I don't respect the Chargers, but I just looked at it a little bit more and I was like, no, I, I'm out. And, and these are the things you have to pay attention to. And now I just don't want to look at anything. I want to look at information, but I don't want to use the information as my excuse for making a decision. No. The decision is yours. And none of these models that these people have are going to help you. If you are an experienced fantasy football player and you have a 50-50 call that you're having trouble making, nobody else in the world has the answer. The model doesn't have the answer. Every game against the spread, by the way, 50-50, right? In terms of like the 
the, the average amount that it, it covers. So nobody has an answer for you. There's no tout. There's nobody's going to tell you. You've got to make the call and you'll get better. And you, and you really, you get better at making the call. You get better at figuring out what it is you really believe. And sometimes you can't come to a conclusion. You're like, I don't know. I'm staying away from this. And sometimes you really, it's, it's really hard. You're almost guessing. But since week five, I have not looked at anybody's anything. And sometimes I do a little, get off my ass, do a little more research. But even when I do the research, I don't hang it on this stat that I find. I'm just simply um, incorporating the stat, incorporating the information and thinking, what do I want to do here? What's my pick? What is my choice? And try to just get in touch. What do I want to do? And make the call. And when I get it wrong, which has been a lot less the last five weeks, I say, okay, I got it wrong. Good to know. And I don't lose sleep over it because it's my decision. I didn't outsource it. to some midwit bullshit, uh, I like bullshit aggregate, fantasy <laughs> fantasy mid- you know, because yeah. as you said, half the people are mailing it in and, and they're all, it's all group think. I mean, yeah. just make your own calls. I, I promise you if you can do it for real and really pay attention to yourself and do it, um, in a year you will be like, holy shit. I can't believe how much better I am at this. Yeah. And when I saw you wrote about that on real man sports too, I actually, you know, I read through it. I read it again. I, and I highlight, I even made a comment on the article. I think that it's, it's also applies to a lot of decisions in your life. I'm, I'm, you know, I told you I referee high school basketball. And part of that is that you have to take this referee test. And this year it happens to be much harder. And I just took the test. I went over, I did my research and I submitted my test. Everyone else is agonizing for weeks and right. going back and forth and asking other people their interpretation of this rule. And I passed. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the the area where I can do, you know, the high, the higher levels of basketball. Other people are failing tests because they're all group thinking each other. So I used what you said, applied it to that area of my life. And I think that it also spreads to other areas. Just be decisive, do your own research. You know, you could check with experts when you're unsure or, or totally unfamiliar, but for the most part, if you've been doing something, you've, uh, you've made observations, you just make the damn decision. There's so much in life you get told, oh, the experts, you need to consult experts. You're, who are you to decide? Let me tell you something. You will get so much farther in life just giving it your best, using your best judgment. Do the best you can. You don't know everything. You're going to make mistakes, but just do the best you can in as many things as you can. And you, I mean, it's just so much better than just always worrying like, oh, I don't know. Uh, how, how is this really supposed to be? Just give it your best shot. And uh, and for this, this is your hobby. This is your fun. How, how how sad is it? And even me, I mean, I've done this and I'm doing this like outsourcing. Like what a what a total nutless monkey I was being like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to outsource. Like that's ridiculous, right? But this is also like, this is your hobby. This is fun. Why are you outsourcing? This, this isn't like you're, you know, you're deciding, you know, what kind of cancer treatment to get. I mean, it's your fantasy football league. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great place to to wrap it up. Chris List, you did it again. Uh, they could follow you over on Noster. Just look up Chris List. and Just just go to uh, realmansports.com. All the links are to well, my other stuff. I'm mentioning Noster to okay. try to promote okay. it on okay. other Thank platforms. You. Good. You know, no, it's, good. It's I like that. Just I like that. generally. It's not necessarily well, you got to sign up for Noster, Alan. I, you know what? I will do it. I'm, yeah. I'm talking to talk. I should walk the walk. And yeah. you've, you've, you've made it. It's got it's the future. It's definitely the future. It's not just going to be social media. It's going to be everything. Like, you know, how you got to log into a website and like, remember 80 different passwords and all this shit. You're just going to have your stuff and it's going to be interoperable with everything on the web, but it's your sort of base that has your sort of login, your private key. And it's going to, uh, it's going to change everything. Yep. All right. So we'll, you know, one time we will do a standalone podcast on the state of social media. I'll make my arguments. You'll make, we've talked about it on this podcast as well, but I think a good 20, 30 minute discussion on that with me voicing the objections and concerns of just 
normal person who's not familiar with the, that protocol, I think would would be a, a valuable piece of content for anyone that has my same concerns. But we'll do that another time. Um, Chris, Liss, final, who are you picking in Week Ten Survivor for everyone that uh, just tuned in? I think as of right now, uh, which I may change, is Seattle. But uh, I wrote it up as Seattle, and I'll you know if if I change it, I'll I'll note that in the uh, Survivor column. All right, everybody, you follow him as I do um, when he's on Twitter on Tuesdays at Chris underscore list. You go over to Real Man Sports to get all of Chris List's content. Uh, the Chris List podcast uh, talks more about social issues and politics. One of my favorites. Are you doing one this week? I just recorded it. I got to edit it. I got to see see if it's Re- fit for publication, but I think Re- so. Real Man doesn't edit. Real Man just. <laughs> Real man. I know. But yeah, it would be better. You know, I don't edit these. I just throw these up. But that one, uh, I, I always have to edit. It's, it's yeah. got too much uh, crazy, especially when you're just doing it yourself for an hour. You know, Fair so. enough. Uh, follow me at Alan Sislowski. And also, right now, Rotowire is giving away two free days behind our paywall. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try, rotowire.com forward slash try. Put in your email, paywall unlocks. Not only do we have the rest of season uh, fantasy football stuff, if you love fantasy basketball, I mean, we have fantasy tennis, fantasy golf, everything. Just go behind there for free. Check out the paywall for a couple days. A lot of great stuff on there. A lot of great premium articles. All right, everybody, we'll be back next Thursday, same time, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time with a live stream or you can catch it on the replay anytime. Uh, Good luck in week 10.